0: Visit LiveNation.com slash concert week to buy now. That's LiveNation.com slash concertweek to buy now.
1: Welcome to the Fantasy Baseball Today podcast
2: from CBS Sports.
0: Get out of here.
2: Get up. Got a fantasy question?
1: Email fantasy baseball at cbsi.com. Get ready to win your league.
2: Well, fantasy becomes real.
1: Now, here's Adam, Scott, Keith, and Chris. Time for the third best host of this podcast to step in and step up and talk some fantasy baseball on a Wednesday night, August 26th, almost August 27th. I am Rusty, but I am back. I am Adam Azer with Scott White. What's up, Scott?
2: Adam. Yeah. Where you been, man? Haven't heard from you in a while.
1: I, you know, it's... I have learned a lot about fantasy baseball, Scott. I have learned a lot. It is, a, it, is, it is so hard if you're not following it every single day, like reading and, you know, fan graphs and all this stuff. It is so hard. Watching, you know how much I used to watch baseball. I just, I miss it and it's tough. It's tough to compete um so here i am like i like recently i'm usually like two or three days behind on box scores uh, but i knew i was hosting this show for like a week so i've been kind of caught up recently but it's uh. this is not you know, i credit the people who are super dedicated to fantasy baseball because i am having a tough time <laughs> doing it uh You're
2: feeling feeling a little unplugged oh, right now. very a little a little, little detached the, have, the have you missed the have orioles you, you,
1: the giants where did all these good hitters come from
2: <laughs> Out of nowhere. Yeah, that, what that's is what this? happens on rebuilding teams. Have you? Are you aware of my new trick I've been doing?
1: I've been seeing emails about it. It hasn't been very
2: positive. Uh, I can give you a little demonstration. Yeah, though, let's hear it. Mind. Let's hear it. Who is this Adam Azer character <laughs> polluting my sound waves? People don't like that. I love that. Oh, it's amazing. Well, he's a, he's a, a fine young lad, lad full of, of wit and whimsy and, whimsy and a vaguely. Huggable quality that makes his very presence an uplifting adventure for everyone involved. That is so... Well, his voice sounds like hot garbage. <laughs> I want to crush his soul. This is like Aqua Teen Hunger Force. This is outstanding. Like, oh my gosh, Scott. You think it's outstanding now? Just wait until your soul is crushed <laughs> into a fine powder that I stir into my coffee and... <laughs> and 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 sprinkle onto onto my my coffee cake. cake. Yes, Somebody
1: said in an email to Frank, like, I don't know what you did to get Scott White to, like, come out of his shell or something like that. I know exactly what Frank did. This happened last year, too. This is Scott White after dark. He is (laughs) electric at night, and it's wonderful. All right, so so... The one thing I've noticed about fantasy baseball is there are just no pitchers. I go to check the two-star pitchers every week. There are like five of them, and they're all terrible, and I don't even trust them that they're going to make two starts. But did we find something in Ian Anderson, Scott, 39% rostered, and potentially could be facing the Red Sox and the Nationals next week, but... Florida with a no hitter in his major league debut against a weakened Yankees lineup, but still six innings, one run, two walks, six strikeouts. Ian Anderson is he a must add? Who would you drop for Anderson?
2: I think he is must add. I mean he was he was a top prospect. He was none. He was one I didn't speak very highly of leading up to his debut. I will admit that. But y- you. <laughs> You always have to give talent a chance, and the talent showed pretty strong here considering the opponent. And, I mean, one hit in six innings in his debut, I just did not have that as even really a possible outcome for Ian Anderson. Uh, 12 swinging strikes on how many pitches? Uh, Like 90. 90? 12 swinging strikes on 90 pitches. Not good but not overwhelming eight of them came on the change up though which he threw like 40% of the time the, the secondary arsenal looked mm-hmm. looked well developed uh he did walk two guys and he had some walk issues last year but like I didn't see him not being in control like he Uh, particularly early in the game. He was consistently ahead of hitters and just really seemed like he (laughs) did not seem like a guy making his major league debut. He seemed to know exactly what he wanted to do with each hitter. And I was very impressed, obviously, given the the state of starting pitching. I can't imagine why you would pass over Mr. Anderson.
1: (laughs) I can't say for sure that he's a two-star pitcher. Uh, I don't even know that the Braves can, but he's got a chance to make, two starts next week and they need the help in the rotation. So, you know, they you think that they would give him another shot. Uh, Tristan McKenzie, Sixto Sanchez are the two most added starting pitchers. Would you prefer Anderson over either Tristan McKenzie or Sixto Sanchez?
2: I'll take him over Sixto. Uh, like I, I'm kind of ranking them in order by how strong their debut was. McKenzie, Anderson, Sixto Sanchez, uh, being the three, yeah, in that order. But like you know, maybe that's not a super scientific way of doing things. But they're all such high end prospects that you know, I I do think I do think maybe in terms strictly of uh, I don't know that that might be the right order to, when, when speaking in terms of my expectations rest of season. Though you know, I can't help but wonder if I would rearrange that order if their debuts went a little differently.
1: Well, look, Clevenger's back, right, and. uh they might have a complete rotation soon. So uh, is Tristan McKenzie a lock to stay in the rotation?
2: I I think if Tristan McKenzie sputters, then it's going to be very easy for them to call Zach Plesak back up. But <laughs> what they last told Zach Plesak was that there's not a spot in the rotation for him. Uh So I, I, I think if McKenzie continues to deliver that that will remain so.
1: Was that a Spuds McKenzie
2: pun? What did I say? If Tristan McKenzie sputters no, it wasn't. <laughs> it was unintentional humor. Okay, sorry, I'm not that good at him.
1: All right, all right. So uh, that when Ian Anderson has to be one of the the prime uh, standouts. All the games are, I think, in the books except for one right now. Colorado, Arizona, of course. I had to be on the show when Robbie Ray was pitching. <sighs> but um, let's who's who's a standout to you,
2: Scott? Okay, standout to me, other than Mister Anderson. Mm-hmm was um I didn't pick this out because Frank wasn't doing it. Uh, uh, oh is a sp- talk- oh my goodness gracious player. <laughs> yeah you think, yeah exactly. <laughs> uh let's talk about let's talk about Eliezer Hernandez who Elie Hernandez Eliezer Azer, Hernandez right. yeah, Adam okay. Azer. Uh, who's who'd been having a great season up to this point. This was I, I think his worst start in terms of You know, he only went four innings, seven hits, three earned runs, but he did have seven strikeouts. He did still have 17 whiffs. Um, You know, obviously they're not, all the starts aren't going to go flawlessly, but he still demonstrated that he might have the stuff to be a standout at starting pitcher. Uh, I, you you probably picked him up not expecting much just because he's Eliezer Hernandez, but I, I wouldn't let this start scare me away from him I'd I'd stick with him you know if he was clearly my low guy that I had to drop for Ian Anderson fine I'd rather have Anderson but it's not a big gap between the two yeah
1: he just doesn't I mean he hasn't thrown today Threw like 95 pitches or something that was a season high for Hernandez he has not gone six innings yet usually about five innings but uh, I he caught my eye as well and there's just there's just nobody available really so Um, I would drop, I mean, I might try to drop Robbie Ray for him. I'm not sure if, let's see if Hernandez is available in the Podcast League. Hernandez, Ellie, is not available in the Podcast League. How about that? So, I guess I won't be dropping Robbie Ray just yet. I'm trying, everybody. I promise I'm trying. Big news. Uh, There were four games postponed tonight. Uh, One was Astros and the Angels. That was for the Hurricane. And three others, Padres, Mariners, Giants, Dodgers and uh, Brewers uh, Brewers Reds because of the uh, unfortunate situation uh, with the shooting so uh, four games postponed and Aaron Judge first game back might be going back on the IL again tightness in his calf and it's unbelievable with Aaron Judge so yeah Clint Frazier is. is 47% rostered Mike Talkman is
2: 43% rostered
1: I'll give you uh, who would you t- pick up? They both have been, you know, it's pretty solid.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Clint Frazier was playing every day before judge came back and talkman wasn't. So I, I don't know. I, I mean, outfield there, there've been so many emerging options at that position specifically that I can't imagine the need right now is too, too pressing for most people. Uh, Talkman's been running a lot, but I think if you're just looking for the the bat, you know, ultimately it's going to be in who ends up playing the most. But I would guess Frazier. Can you believe this with Aaron Judge? Yes, <laughs> I can. Yeah. I can believe it. That's, that's uh, so it so makes me sad, but I can believe it.
1: <laughs> I'll give you a, a name that's maybe heating up a little. Well, it's really a stretch to say that, but Miguel Andujar. Uh, I guess he had some good at bats today, and they need some hitting. So he DH'd today. Maybe he gets more at bats. That's deeper leagues. Could think about him. Ronald Acuna returned. He homered off Garrett Cole. And that's the big oh. news. Got more news later. Yet, yeah, what's up? Also stole a base. Oh, yes. So so ho- he stole hopefully,
2: Roto players got him back in your lineup.
1: Yes, I did in uh, in our 16 team categories league for sure. So I was happy about that. Um, So how's uh, fantasy baseball going, Scott? Through the halfway point of the season, one
2: month. <laughs> I don't know how legitimately to treat any of it, you know, because I think back to I was in second place in Taut Wars by like at like mid-May last year, and I ended up finishing sixth. You know, mid-May is even further into that season than we're into this season. Um, but I am basically every draft we did before the shutdown. I'm in first or second place, including Tout Wars, where I'm in first by like 25 points. Um, the ones we did after the shutdown, I, 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 I kind of backed off my stance a little on starting pitching. I kind of, I kind of chickened out. I don't even think it was so much that I chickened out as I expected everyone else to chicken out because the narrative was pitching's going to suffer. So I kept waiting for people to back off pitching, and they didn't so i ended up having to settle for a less extreme version of what i was doing before the shutdown and those teams you know i don't have one that's just completely uncompetitive but they're not they're not doing as well by and large
1: i wanted to talk a little bit about tap papans amc which uh, has been pretty bad <laughs> <laughs> but I talked about it a lot and what what has gone wrong. So I, I used it in one league, an auction Roto League that Scott is in first place in. And I did this way back when. And uh, this is two aces plus hater and Paxton and more closers. And the goal was to have high strikeout elite starting pitchers, but not that many of them. And then fill out the rest of my starting lineup basically with relievers and closers and win whip and win ERA and win saves and compete in strikeouts and wins because the two aces I had were Scherzer and Bueller, and that's the problem. The two aces I Paxton like Paxton's obviously been horrible, but even he's not even the big part of it. It's been Scherzer and Bueller. They're killing me. They're just like if you're gonna do a strat, and this is what I've learned, Scott. If you're gonna do any type of strategy that is so dependent on Two players basically and hater, I guess, so three players. You really need all of them to be great, and it's it's just not happening. Um, I'm in eighth place in this league, I'm getting better. I don't think I can win it, but I do think if, if hater and Scherzer, like, I'm sorry, if uh, Bueller and Scherzer are Bueller and Scherzer for the last month of the season, I think I could probably finish third, fourth, something like that because I, th- I have a pretty good team, but, um, you know, look, I knew this going in, but it's worth saying. If you're going to do some type of strategy where it's basically all dependent on like two players carrying your pitching staff, they both need to hit. And it's different than being yeah. like, well, what if your first two picks were just too bad? Were just bad, you know. And it wasn't necessarily uh, Scherzer and and Bueller. Like, it's a little bit different because you don't have a backup plan at the position. You know, it, they are. Your pitching staff, basically. So, Uh, yeah, they had to go right in there. They just had Yeah,
2: yeah, and that's especially true when it is at such a volatile position. I mean, you know attrition hits starting pitcher hard, which is why I was looking to overkill it, uh, kind of anticipating some of that happening. Now, those two specifically, Bueller and Scherzer, I think they're going to be fine. I think they're going to dominate over this next month, and hopefully you'll... I mean it's a it's a league with playoffs, right? So you might be in trouble no, it's, because it's of that.
1: It's not, it's not. Oh, okay. Well then you're probably
2: gonna rise in the standings, uh given those expectations. I wonder how much did you actually spend on the relievers, the high end relievers, non closer relievers that you were drafting? Were they were you did you address much capital, draft capital in them at all, or were they just basically late rounders?
1: No, um, like I had Neris. And I think I had doolittle, but I quickly picked well, up those were closers, yeah. I quickly I quickly picked all right, let me tell you right now. So Walker Bueller was $36. This is a $260 budget. Scherzer was $41. Hader was 18. Uh Paxton was eight. I had Neris for four, Colombia for three, which has been a good one for me. Um Uh, I think I thought I had do. I'm missing a few here. I didn't spend. I didn't spend that much other than hater, and I'm winning. I'm leading in saves, by the way.
2: Yeah, no, and and that's fine. I mean, I I I wasn't interpreting it necessarily as you going after closers uh, to get. You need safe sources if you don't spend much on them. You know, you can't complain too much when they go wrong. But I, I was thinking, like, one thing that I've been doing in my roto or categories leagues. You know, I have my high-end pitchers I can count on. But basically it's a group of like 40 to 50 pitchers that are worth starting and everyone else isn't. So that's that's only enough for every team to have like four or five, you know, and you have a lot of other pitcher spots to fill. They can't all be filled by closers. So I've been finding Impact metal relievers off the waiver wire. Like, I, I feel like the four stars, and, and forgive me if I'm missing somebody, but the four star non closer relievers right now that have been just great to plug into those categories lineups to help with ratios without really pulling you down in strikeouts. It's been Matt Foster of the White Sox, Jonathan Hernandez of the Rangers, Devin Williams recently here of the Brewers, who has a crazy strikeout rate, and uh, Tanner Rainey of the nationals. I guess James Karinchak. Yeah. I have Karen. That's a little more obvious, but yeah, but those four excluding Karinchak weren't on anybody's radar coming into these season. I hadn't heard of any of them (laughs) prior to this (laughs) season. And now they're like the standouts at what they do. And they're valuable. You know, they're
1: valuable. And obviously Seth Lugo, what he did the other day. I mean, they're, they're it's really valuable. So yes, I was trying to fill out my roster with, with players like that as well. Um, so let's see. You know, if those if if Scherzer and Bueller can pull it together, then maybe I'll, like I said, maybe like I'll finish fourth. But uh, I've pretty much missed my chance to win the league because they've started off basically. Imagine if they had three horrible months, right, in a regular season. Not horrible, but uh, you know, underwhelming. So anyway, I uh, thought maybe uh, I give an update on that strategy and what went wrong. And uh, pitching, pitching is just. It's just my best teams have great pitching. That's I think that's probably the case with everybody right now. Let's take a look at some bullpen notes from, uh, around MLB. Brandon Workman got his second save with the Phillies. He did give up two hits, but he's the closer, right?
2: Yeah. Until he's not, I don't think he's very good. He's going to issue a lot of free passes. He hasn't made it look easy in any of those three saves and, um, I think where this ultimately goes with the Red Sox bullpen is a very undesirable Philly's. committee situation like we saw. Oh, sorry. yeah, Philly. I was talking about the wrong guy. <laughs> I was talking about uh, who Workman left behind in Matt Boston, Barnes. which is Matt Barnes. But it could yes. have worked for Burke, for Workman. Uh, <laughs> Workman has had some struggles, but not as severe as Barnes. I think he is the closer. Not as severe as Hector Neris, by the way. Um, so I have a, you know, I'm not, I'm not, I don't think Workman is going to be as good as last year. He had a historic batting average against last year that just isn't going to be repeatable. But I think he should be able to hold down the role for the Phillies.
1: Yeah, if he doesn't, keep an eye on Blake Parker. He has not given up a run in six and a a third. Two walks, nine strikeouts so far for the Phillies. Uh, Other bullpen news. Anthony Bass. Pitched in the eighth inning in a nine-one game. He had not pitched in four days, so they were probably just trying to shake off the rest. But we—it seems like they may not have a set closer.
2: Yeah, I think I, I give I give Jordan Romano. I always want to say Romero. It's Romano. Um, you know, he's gotten the last two saves. He has better numbers than Bass. Actually, not that Basses are bad. The thing is, though, Ken Giles is throwing bullpen sessions, so it, it may be short-lived either way. Edwin Diaz
1: pitched the eighth inning, and he gave up. Uh, he one hit, two walks. He struggled in the eighth inning. His previous eight appearances, Edwin Diaz eight and a third, one run, two walks, nineteen strikeouts, twenty-five percent swinging strikes, but no saves. But this is a little bit of a hiccup for him. Um, yeah, yeah.
2: So yeah, I uh, and apparently he was dealing with leg cramps. I would have. Rather than say he was dealing with brain cramps, because this like it, it's just so frustrating. He dominates, and then he gets he gets a chance to be reinserted as the closer with Seth Lugo going to the rotation, and then he he allows three inherited runners to score, and that was obviously bailing out a guy in the eighth. But I assume the plan was for him to pitch the ninth also if it had gone better than it did. Um, yeah. So you know, I I still think he gets the next chance, but like he's. He's making it hard on the Mets to just go with their best reliever. Joe Jimenez for the Tigers pitched the sixth
1: inning, gave up a run. He's had a terrible year. Do we know who their closer is?
2: Uh, it's not Joe Jimenez. Ron Gardenhire has said as much. So, uh, yeah. I mean, it doesn't deserve to be. He's been awful. And he's never really had closer caliber numbers. So it it makes sense that they try out somebody else. Buck Farmer, which is a difficult name to say. Slowly,
1: Uh, just say it slowly.
2: Yeah, say it slowly. Buck Farmer. Mm -hmm. He uh, seemed to be in line for the save. Their best reliever, I think, has been there more like a seventh inning guy this year. Um, And I wrote down the name. He pitched the eighth to set up for Farmer. And uh, Farmer, it ended up not being a safe situation, but Farmer allowed three runs. So I don't know if he's going to get another shot. I mean, he didn't. The name I'm looking for is Soto. It is Gregory Soto. He pitched the eighth. He had been pitching the seventh with Farmer pitching the eighth, so they just kind of moved everybody back one spot. But maybe Soto, Gregory Soto, gets the chance next time. Looks
1: like I'm trying to follow what's going on live in the Royals-Cardinals game. I think maybe Trevor Rosenthal, who came in in the eighth inning, has run into a little bit of trouble with two walks in the ninth inning, and he may have been relieved. Uh, Not great, Bob. Not great. But I do think he was... They're winning 5-2, to and this is happening, I think, like right now, so I'm sorry about that. Um, Finally, Diego Castillo got a save for the Rays. Another save.
2: They had literally four different guys get their previous four saves. I can tell you two of them were uh, Jalen Beeks and Chaz Rowe. I can't tell you who the other two were because I'd never heard of them before. And so now five different guys for their last five saves. Diego Castillo is at least good. But uh, Nick Anderson is supposed to be back this weekend. Oliver Drake, I think, is coming back soon too. There's there's really nobody to target here, except Anderson. I mean, Anderson's going to give you good ratios, so you might as well hold on to him and... You know, take whatever saves he gives you. He is the team leader in saves at this point. It's worth noting, but yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be all over the place.
1: All right, we're gonna check in on some of the one hit wonders from last year. This is gonna be one of the main topics today. We're also gonna look at Jose Barrios. We're gonna talk about Mike Clevenger and his return tonight. Masahiro Tanaka, Patrick Corbin, Dallas Keuchel with a good start. Uh, Mike Fires had a good start. Dakota Hudson had a good start. He's got a 332 ERA and he's rostered only 53% of leagues. And we got some emails at fantasybaseball at cbsi.com. But let's take a look at some of the guys who were surprisingly amazing last year and what has happened this year Marcus Simeon, Yoan Moncada, Ketel Marte, Josh Bell, Tommy Edmund. Marcus Simeon, Yoan Moncada, Ketel Marte, Josh Bell, Tommy Edman. Scott, of those five, they're all str- struggling in their own right. I mean, Marte, just like the funniest home run to fly ball rate you'll ever see. It's uh, 2.9%. And um, he's you know he's got a high batting average. Bell has been horrible. Edmund has been horrible, but he did steal his first base tonight. Simeon's been pretty bad, yet he's leading off, scoring a ton of runs. He's actually entering today the number 10 shortstop in points leagues, number 15 in Roto. Moncada's been like okay, been dealing with some leg soreness. So, um, who are you who are you not worried about? Simeon, Moncada, Catel Marte, Bell, and Edmund. Uh, Moncada
2: is the one I'm least worried about. I don't, you know, there, there was obviously a lot of, uh, Pedigree backing up the breakthrough last year, and you could see how the breakthrough would happen if he got his strikeout rate down, like he did. Strikeout rate is up a little this year, but it, you know it's it's such a small sample that it could change within a couple days. So i I think he's probably still the player you drafted him to be. No steals, uh, though. No attempts. Yeah, I mean he only had ten steals last year, which I get isn't nothing, but. That yeah. should not. It's like you should one have always thought of that month. more yeah. as as like gravy than yeah, right, right. Than what he was going to provide. Uh, the ones I'm most invested in are Josh Bell and Marcus Simeon, and neither has shown much. They've they've both struck out a lot. Uh, it's it's most curious for Bell because even prior to the breakout, he was a guy who didn't strike out much. Like the breakout was more about. Uh, making higher quality contact than making more contact so i don't know why he started making less contact it's really weird um i've been inclined to just stick with both of them i i would be lying if i said i wasn't concerned at all but you know the first month of the season is very easy to throw away in a full length season yeah season you know it's it's, it's very different when it's half the season you you kind of you you, you you're liable to panic sooner When like a player's not going to come around any sooner than he'd normally come around. And it could still be, I'm not to the point where I'm ready to give up on the talent for those two. Like if I had a, if I had a decent alternative to start and said instead, I I would do that. I I have sat, I know I've sat bell in a couple leagues for like Jake Cronenworth, who I'm really excited about, but uh, I'm not ready to drop them or to sell them for pennies on the dollar if trading is still an option. I would rather just stash them away and be the one who reaps the benefits if they do come around.
1: Yeah, for Josh Bell, I benched him for Yandy Diaz, who doesn't even play every day. And this is in a points league, but he's got an 18% walk rate which is like let me. I mean, I wonder who's leading baseball. I'm gonna look at that right now. Carlos Santana, uh, Yandy Diaz is sixth in walk rate right now, so he's been a, a real asset in um, in points leagues. And of all the players in the top, man, I don't even know top like twenty at least in walk rate. Yandy Diaz has the lowest strikeout rate. It, I mean, I think top thirty. I don't even know how far it goes. So, great play discipline for him. So, if you're looking for a first-base option, but I'm not going to drop Josh Bell, but I certainly did bench him. Um, what do you make of Cattell Marte? 320 Going into Wednesday, 322 batting average, only one home run, one steal. He does have 10 doubles. He hit 32 home runs last year. Again, the, the home run to fly ball rate went from 19% in 2019 for Cattell Marte, 3% this year. And the other thing that has dropped is the walk rate. He's not walking at all. What do you make of Ketel Marte? Yeah, he's an
2: interesting case because, like, he's been good batting .315, expected batting average .302. That's basically the same as last year. You know, not striking out much. It's just been good in a different sort of way. And obviously not as good because last year he was, like, MVP caliber. Uh, and, you know, he's he's not... Like you look at the expected stats for like slugging you know he's he's more like where he was in 2018 it's it's like last year was an aberration as far as that goes i, I still think it's too early to say okay that's the answer catal marté the power of 2019 was a total fluke uh, but it it remains an open question i think if you were inclined to be skeptical of it obviously your your confirmation bias is kicking in and saying yeah, that power was a fluke. And then there's also the possibility that, you know, he, because it was isolated to 2019 where it seems like the ball was a new level of juiced, and now there's indications that it's performing more like the 2017 ball, which was still juiced, but, you know, to a lesser extent, uh, you know, maybe he's suffering from that. But it could just be the random noise that comes from a one-month sample, too. And that's, like, that is... That's what's going to loom over all forms of analysis because there's just no way around it. It's not a big enough sample to say with any real confidence. And, Wait, uh second base has been horrible, huh? Um, I mean,
1: like, well, when you look at the rankings compared to what's actually happened, yeah, you could mm-hmm. say Brandon Lau is having a great year. Kevin Biggio yeah. is a, is a breakout. Um, yep. David Fletcher is number three in points, but. Gleber Torres, DJ LeMahieu, Ozzy Albies, Cattell Marte, Jose Altuve. It has not been what we what we have expected.
2: Yeah, that's fair, and, and that's been that's been true for most positions, actually. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm sure one position. it's one month. Yeah, it's one month. Um, which yeah, goes to that.
1: Um, but they've been yeah. really bad. I mean, they, like those guys have been such disappointments for your fantasy teams. Uh, yeah. They have Le uh, DJ LeMay,
2: he was performing yeah, LeMay well, he just gonna hurt, yeah. But the others, yeah, they've all underwhelmed. So, so by uh, comparison, Catalan Marte is looking pretty good.
1: <laughs> so, uh, yeah, he's not even a top 15 second baseman, believe it or not. But so, uh, at what point is he no longer your number one second baseman in your rankings? Because he is
2: right now. Well, I mean, part of it goes to what you're saying that the guys that I could justify moving ahead of Catel Marte at this point aren't Ozzy Albies and Jose Altuve. It would have to be guys like Brandon Lau and Kevin Biggio, who I've both moved up. I've moved both up a lot. I think Lau's up to four for me. Biggio might be up to six or seven. Um, I'll give it probably two more weeks,
0: at uh-huh. which point
2: there will be three <laughs> weeks left in the season. I, I get that, but you know, I don't want to change my process for evaluating hitters because it, it just, or, or players in general, because yeah. it, it would just be guessing when they're going to turn it on or not turn it on. And I feel like a good six weeks is is really the point when I would start changing my mind about players I believed in initially. The season doesn't even feel real.
1: I'm watching the games and it just feels like an exhibition. I it's, I don't know. It. it there's just something. Uh, the, all, there's something very odd. I guess it's the, maybe it's a lack of fans. Um, yeah, I think just I, I we don't actually have so much in noticed, our minds. Yeah, I don't know. It's weird. I, I
2: haven't actually noticed it much myself. I mean, the crowd noise. Honestly, the cardboard cutouts of fans. Like it. It was. It was weirder when all the you know some of the stadiums at the start they had like just empty seats all the way around and it you didn't see that like the 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 scattered colors you know mm-hmm. behind the players and all around the infield. Uh, I think I think the presentation uh, it's been really strong in terms of making it feel like a normal game. And yeah, I
1: agree with that.
2: Yep. Um. So no, that really hasn't been my impression at all. I just have to be reminded in certain moments. Like I have this thought sometimes. Oh man, I wonder if. You know, Mike Issey can keep it going. He can be voted into the All Star game, and it's like, no, he's he's not going to be voted <laughs> into the All Star game. I think I've just had a strange.
1: It's just been a weird year for me, and I'm sure for like almost everybody in the country. I have so much on my mind that sports is just way on the back burner, which is so weird for me. It's my whole life. It's been my whole life for so long, but uh, I just can't. I, I don't know. I can't lock in on it. It's very strange. Like I didn't like last week. I didn't even know the Yankees and the Mets were playing. How do I not know that? So it's just so weird. I don't I, know. I, I,
2: I will admit, you know, obviously baseball is one thing. Cause I have to follow baseball intensely for yeah. my job. And so there's no escaping it. I'm, I'm subjected to it. Um, I haven't given one thought to fantasy football yet. And the season starts in what, like two weeks. Yeah, no, <laughs> you're. Just, it hasn't been on people, my mind at all.
1: A lot of people like my brother canceled this fantasy. They canceled his league this year. Mm. They just, they don't think that the season's going to finish. I uh, sports is just not quite on the front burner for, at least for me. I, it's just, it's a weird is, year. It's a weird year. This all is a really
2: good pitch eh. for, for CBS fantasy. No,
1: games. look, I mean, if, Hey, if you're listening, then you're into it. I don't have to convince you. <laughs> right <laughs> people are people are definitely into fantasy football it's just it's just different Tommy Edmond we didn't talk about though um entering today like I said he stole his first base but slugging 359 this was after he uh had an 850 OPS last year what do you think about Tommy Edmond he's still playing every day and he's batting second most days so that's good do you think he turns it around
2: Let's see how small is the sample now because obviously they missed like two weeks he's had some
1: 19 games now.
2: Nineteen games and counting. Yeah, I mean, obviously, I'm frustrated, and I can't imagine too many people are starting him at this point. But if you need him for steals, if you need steals, and you were counting on him to contribute to that, I feel like you keep him around and hope he heats up because it's just it is a really small sample.
1: All right, that's Tommy Edmond. News and notes. And he did get his
2: first steal today, for what it's worth. He did, yes.
1: Max Kepler left after fouling a ball off his leg. He stayed today. Merrill, Merrill Kelly likely out for the season due to a blood clot in his shoulder. The Nationals optioned Carter Keboom to their alternate training site as they activated Sean Doolittle off the IL. Carter Kiboom did not have an extra base hit in fifty at bats. That's that's wild. Womp womp. Meanwhile, Daniel Hudson pitched uh, a scoreless inning in a non-save situation today. I think that was just to get him some work he hadn't pitched in four days. That's my guess. Trey Turner stole his third base. How about that? And he's hitting so well, it hasn't really mattered, but uh, nice to see him steal a base. Uh, Rymel Tapia was out for the Rockies. He's dinged up. Garrett Hampson led off at Arizona. And Jose Abreu has now homered eight times in his last seven games. Which leads us to the hitting machines. Here are some guys who are crushing it right now. Dansby Swanson. First eight games, he batted 387 with two home runs. Next 13 games, he batted 204 with two walks and 16 strikeouts. I was like, all right, oh, well, that was fun for Dansby Swanson. Remember those eight games? Well, now how about this eight game stretch? He's got uh, three home runs. He's, I think it's a nine game stretch because he had a doubleheader today. But he's been great. Uh, Batting over 400, I believe, or around 400. I don't have the updated stats. But Swanson's hot again. Mitch Moreland is uh, the number three first baseman in Roto Leagues. But he sits against lefties. Randall Gritchick, another big day. I know you guys have spoken about him. He homered today. Rowdy Telez homered twice. He sits against lefties. He's on the Toronto Blue Jays, FYI. And hopefully Encarnacion is coming around. We know he's a slow starter. He's been bad, but he's got an extra base hit in three straight games. He homered today against the Pirates. And Carnacion had a two-homer game a week ago. Dansby Swanson, 84% rostered. Mitch Moreland, 47%. Randall Grichuk, 76%. Rowdy Tellez, 9%. Edwin Carnacion, 67%. Uh, Scott, any anybody here whose who's, uh, roster percentage should be much higher, much lower?
2: What do you think? I don't I don't think so. I think they all seem right. I mean, certainly there's a chance this could kick off a hot streak for Edwin Encarnacion, who has historically been a slow starter. He's one of the few players I feel comfortable saying that about. But, you know, this year it's like a 35% strikeout rate when usually he's around 20. He's 37 years old. I'm not necessarily counting on it for Encarnacion, but I could certainly see it. So that's the one I'm keeping an eye on here. Gritchick's Roster percentage is up to 76%. So it's getting pretty high now. And there are some underlying numbers, the strikeout rate, the line drive rate to suggest maybe he is a different player this year. But, you know, the small sample thing goes the other way, too. And he has a long track record of being, uh, you know, a pretty a pretty fringy hitter who gets really hot sometimes. Yes, and Maybe does. that's all this is. He
1: does. get Gritchick, that's the first thing that comes to mind for me with Gritchick. He is a streaky guy. Hopefully things are different this time, but it's worth riding it out for sure.
2: Right, right. I I don't have a problem with the seventy-six percent of people who or leagues where he got picked up. I just, you know, you can't you can't feel too comfortable with him and you gotta be ready to drop him for something else if if he demands to be. Like the the wacky one is Moreland. Like his numbers are insane. He seems to homer every time he plays. (laughs) But like if he's not gonna play against left-handed pitchers. The pace has to slow, and there won't there won't be enough left. Like I, I feel like you've already missed the boat on Moreland. You've missed the extent of what he's going to provide for you this year, and you'd just be chasing the stats if you went after him now.
1: All right, the rotation today. Barrios and Clevenger faced off. I felt like I had a homework assignment today. I had to watch some baseball, so this was the game I watched. Uh, Clevenger didn't start off great, but he really picked it up. And you can understand he could be a little bit rusty. He ends up going six innings, gives up eight hits, but two runs with six strikeouts. Barrios, just another frustrating start. Four walks, three runs, and five and two-thirds. He wasn't that bad. He gave up a three-run homer to uh, Jose Ramirez. But he has a 147 whip. He's walking. He's 18 walks, and 37 innings. Um Coming off a great start, but the two starts before that were terrible for Barrios. And then we've got Tanaka, Corbin. Corbin's having a disappointing, I guess, 130 whip so far, 382 ERA, nothing too outlandish, giving up a lot of hits, nine and a half hits per nine. So that'll probably come down for Corbin and Keiko was very good. And Tanaka is so annoying to me as like, I never know when to start or
2: sit him. And of course I sat him and he had a good start. He is not among the 40 or 50 pitchers that I, I would choose to bother with if, like at a Roto League. I I, I can't imagine using Masahiro Tanaka in a Roto League right now. Yeah, no, um, I didn't. I
1: sat him. <laughs> Maybe he had right, five shutout right, innings. right.
2: You know, points leagues, you have to start a certain number of pitchers whether they're good or not. But a Roto League, you don't. You can go with those high-impact relievers instead. And, you know, I don't know. I guess everybody has to be able to have, like, three or four pitchers they can slot into their Roto rotation. And I happen to have good ones in most of my leagues. But if you don't... Maybe you're desperate enough that you have to play him. But yeah, he's not, Tanaka's not going to be reliable. Uh, Keiko's looking pretty reliable. He's having, he's changed his pitch mix slightly. He's actually having one of his best swinging strike seasons, and he actually got the strikeouts to go along with it. But you know, he hasn't turned in a bad start yet. So I would be happy riding him anywhere. Clevenger, this was actually his best velocity start of the season, interestingly enough. Only walked one. Things are looking good for him. Yeah, the the walks are weird with Barrios. That's that's really the only thing I can see that's an issue for him, and like that was his main strength. Presumably, coming into the season was efficiency, throwing strikes. His ex-fip is actually lower this year than it was last year. I'm I'm going to throw the
1: buy low tag on there when you talk about like the incredible consistency of Barrios.
2: I am too. I am too. I think the control will come around. It's you know the I'm sure the abnormal buildup might be contributing to it. Okay, so I've I've basically talked about every single one of these pitchers, and I'm going to talk about one more, Patrick Corbin. Yeah, no, that, that was the point. Go for it. <laughs> okay, um, his is down a couple miles per hour this year. His swinging strike rate, while still good, is not as good. It's down a couple percentage points from last year. He looks like he he looks like his he, he might be losing some stuff here. Uh, so it's it's a little concerning. I still think he's must start. I still think he's high end, but he's not a young guy. He's 30, may have turned 31 by now. You know, and maybe it's something that'll come around too. Maybe it it's something you can attribute to the the abnormal buildup as well. But it's, it's something to monitor, especially when we're evaluating him for 2021.
1: Yeah, would you rather have Clevenger or Corbin?
2: I think after this start, I th- I think I'll, I'll still say Corbin. I'll still say Corbin.
1: Okay. It's close, though. Would you rather have Max Freed, who had another good start
2: today, or Corbin? Corbin. Uh, I mean, Freed looks really good. I wish he got more strikeouts. He doesn't get the strikeouts I feel like he should. And that's a little frustrating. As much as I can be frustrated in somebody like Max Freed, which everybody who out there who doesn't have a Max Freed to slot in their rotation is probably annoyed with me for even suggesting there could be anything wrong with them.
1: Wow, the Cardinals, with four runs in the ninth inning, beat the Royals. Uh, three of those runs charged to Trevor Rosenthal, and then Rosario came in. He must have given up some inherited runners. That is a, a seemingly wild ending there. Uh, Alex Reyes gets the win, two innings, two runs. Didn't really deserve the win, but he got the... Uh, he got the. Wow. Okay, So, and then uh, we're going to talk about some fringy starting pitchers. Uh, Eliezer Hernandez, John Lester, who's actually rostered in 88% of leagues, but I still think he's fringy. His ERA is still over five, John Lester. Um, Mike Fires had a great start at Texas, and he's been pretty good lately. Dakota Hudson, 53% rostered. Kobe Allard is deep, deep league guy, and he hasn't been very good. So, uh, John Gray, 68% rostered. Good outing tonight at Arizona. Six innings, one run. And then there's Robbie Ray. I think it's time to say goodbye to Robbie Ray. 75% rostered, four innings, two runs, six walks, eight strikeouts. Goodbye. Yuck his walk rate's got to be a career high, right? Not only did Robbie Ray not make the the adjustments that he had, it seemed like he had made. He's the worst version of Robbie Ray ever. He 8.3 walks per 9 going into today's start. It's probably over 9 now.
2: He's walking a batter in an inning.
1: What the yeah. hell? How could I th- I'm sorry. I'm very sorry everybody. I said he was going to finish top 3 in the Cy Young.
2: This is Yeah, you made that prediction and then ran, stopped coming on. <laughs> yeah. You were you were scared.
1: It's like Finally. just be just be Robbie Ray. If you can't even be like his new and improved version, just be Robbie Ray. He's the worst Robbie Ray ever.
2: Can't can't turn it on and off like that, Adam. Once you make the change, there's no going back.
1: I don't, um, I
2: don't know what that means. I don't know either. <laughs> just filling the silence. That's how things work around here. I don't have I don't have a lot of belief in any of these pitchers except for Eliezer Hernandez who we talked about at the top of the show. What's wrong with Dakota uh,
1: Hudson? He had a 335 ERA last year. I know the strikeouts aren't that good, but anyone who can give you like a quality outing this day and age
2: should he be rostered in more than 53% of leagues? Among qualifiers, he was the best ground ball pitcher in the majors last year and that is an important skill in today's game where home runs uh, to hitters are so common. So, I think he's a fine streaming option, but I'd limit it to points leagues because always a lot of base runners with him. It's going to bring down your whip. Okay. That's he's probably the most useful pitcher of this bunch. I it's possible John Gray could become more consistent. I mean, he's been a useful fantasy option in the past, but there's been a lot more bad than good so far this year.
1: This bunch was Eliezer Hernandez, John Lester, Mike Fiers, Dakota Hudson, Kobe Aller, John Gray, and Robbie Ray. All right, we're going to finish the show with some emails at at cbsi.com. From David, 10-team Dynasty Points League, I own Victor Robles. He has been bad. I don't see anything as underlying stats to indicate he is going to turn it around. Also, the steals are much less valuable in a points league. Should I move Victor Robles for pennies on the dollar if I even can? Or can you give me a reason to use a bench spot to hold Robles?
2: The dynasty aspect makes this a little more interesting because he's such a high-end prospect. And I think it's still too early in his career to definitively say what he's going to be. But it's a 10-team league. If you can get pennies for him, I'd probably take it. A points a ten team points league, yeah. I mean, Victor Robles is pretty useless right now. It's just, it's just the hope he becomes something more in the long run.
1: From Brian, grade the trade. I just traded Christian Javier for Edwin Diaz. My RPs are Rosenthal, Montero, and Gallegos. My starting pitchers are Cole Beaver, Clevenger, Gallen, Freed, Rich Hill, Burns, and Lugo. So he doesn't really need Javier, I
2: guess. So he traded second pitcher, Cole Beaver. Okay.
1: Yeah. Uh Christian Javier for Edwin Diaz. Grade the trade.
2: I think I, I don't think this is what a sell high of Christian Javier looks like. Frank was talking about Javier as a sell high candidate. I agreed with him. I I think somebody I feel like the demand for starting pitching should be higher given what Javier has done so far. That a guy who's teetering on Maybe having a closer role for the Mets, like I feel like it should be a better return for that. So I grade this trade. I I, I grade this trade uh, a D plus. Ouch! All right, from Christian, grade the
1: trade. I didn't fail him. Twelve team Roto. I trade Zach. Please, Zach. I get Hyunjin Ryu. I
2: think that's a an A.
1: Yeah, why wouldn't it be?
2: Yeah, I mean. If they were both on the roster, I'd rank Ryu higher. We don't really know when Plesek is coming back. Right. So, yeah, definitely take Ryu. This is from Jeremy. What's up, Frank, Scott, and perhaps Chris or
1: even Adam, although they obviously care about football more than baseball. Oh, <laughs> what? Take that, Jeremy. <laughs> Shuck. I have an amazing pitching staff. Flaherty, Castillo, Giolito, Woodruff, Glasnow, and Wheeler. Um, grade the trade. I give up Wheeler. And David Fletcher for Rafael Devers. I need home runs and RBIs. How'd I do?
2: I think he did. I think he did well. I, I'd, I'd rather this be for somebody like Arenado, who's also off to a terrible start than Devers. Uh, but you know, you beggars can't be choosers, as they say. So. I think this is fine in terms of just how the value matches up, and I would give it a B plus. Devers can't be choosers. Team name Tuesday, you're welcome. From
1: Jake, after Seth Lugo's performance Tuesday night, would you drop Tyler Chatwood, Dakota Hudson, or Kwon Young Kim for Lugo?
2: Yes. Is the answer. I would drop any of them. The one I would drop first is probably Kim.
1: Mm-hmm. Okay, good. That's what I was thinking too. Glad you said that. From Matt, mm-hmm. Gray the Trade, Blockbuster here. I give up Mookie Betts, Sonny Gray, and Dansby Swanson. I get Oof. Christian <clears throat> Yelich, Zach Granke, and John Carlos Stanton. So you go from Betts to Yelich. You go from uh-huh. Gray to Granky. Uh-huh. You go from Swanson to Stanton.
2: <laughs> Scott's <laughs> face is like anguished. I don't like it. I don't like it either. Uh, I i do think Yelich is going to be fine. But fine might be what. Fine for Yelich might mean he's Mookie Bets. So, like, bird in the hand, you know, you got it in bets. Grade a Granky, I think that's definitely a downgrade. Not a huge downgrade, but a downgrade. And then, so it really comes down to Swanson versus Stanton. If Stanton was here and, and playing, okay, he'd have the edge over Swanson. But it's going to be a couple more weeks. Yeah, now you. Can't how many do weeks this. left after that? And who knows what kind of setback he's going to have along the way? <laughs> a little surprised
1: like uh, by how good Mookie Betts has been. I mean, I thought he'd be really, really good, but I did think Fenway Park had a lot to do with his eliteness. I thought he was like clearly not a top three pick this year. I don't think anybody thought he was top three necessarily, but uh, he just, he's been, I thought he'd be great, but he's been super great. And uh, he's helping me out in a league. So thank you, Mookie bets from <laughs> Joe. Would you give up Pete Alonzo in a 14 team Roto keeper league? I can keep him in the 15th round next year. Then 14th, the year after, et cetera. For Christian Yelich, who's a first round pick. Next year, I'm currently in third place right now. I could use a Yelich hot streak, which I think is coming. So, obviously, you'd give up Alonzo for Yelich, Scott, in a typical league, but this is a keeper league where you're giving up a guy who could be a 14th round pick next year for a first round pick next year for Christian Yelich, who's going to be a first round
2: pick. Yeah, potentially huge power hitter at a maybe thin position who in, in the 14th round next year, I think I'd do it. Okay, go for it then. Not, not easily, but you know, I I have every confidence. Yelich is still going to be a first round pick next year, and if you have an obvious first round pick, you hold on to them for the first round with a first round spot. That's one of my rules for these these kinds of keeper leagues.
1: Last emails from Samuel. Grade the trade. I gave up Yaz, Cease, and Burns in a points league. Ushyremski, Cease, and Burns. For Mookie Betts.
2: I grade this trade a... A. An A. <laughs> a. <A-A. laughs>
1: Do you want to hear my triumphant music? Nobody seems to like it that much on the uh, on the football show.
2: Okay, let's hear it. it.
1: It's, uh, I got to hold on one second. Let's get this going here. I think this is the fader for it. Is this the uh-huh. one? Here we go no that's not it is this it where the heck is the me oh. i can't imagine
2: why they don't like this
1: i just think this is really nice
2: i win
1: hey now you're not
2: feeling it do you want to hear our new regulators music <laughs> yeah let's hear the new regulators music you can only go up from here Uh, you like this I do kind of like this I'm trying to I'm trying to think of what it reminds me
1: of uh, Dave Richard thinks it's an 80s cop show theme
2: Okay I can see that That works
1: Yeah And uh, That's it That's all I got for I'm going to end the show right. with this music That's Scott White I'm Adam Acer Filling in for Frank Stample Don't worry Your good host is back tomorrow Thanks a lot everybody Talk to you then